she went to town on it. I mean, she played with it for hours and she was calm and... Hi, I'm Alana Gallo. I'm a teacher, a mom to four, and the founder of Play, Learn, Thrive. Join me as I chat with real parents and experts as we explore all things play and child development. It's time to take the focus away from you and put the responsibility of playtime back into your kiddos' hands. So if you're tired of planning, leading, and facilitating play sessions, you've found the right place. Each week, we'll explore the importance of play and how it supports child development, along with simple ways to incorporate play in a purposeful way so you can raise confident, self-motivated kids who enjoy playing independently. Hey guys, it's Alana here from Play, Learn, Thrive. I am with Julie Friedman from Young, Wild, and Friedman, and she's going to tell you a little bit about her sensory play box and Play-Doh subscription service, which is super awesome. Yeah. Hey guys. I'm happy to be here. My name is Julie and I uh, started a company several years back called Young, Wild and Friedman. And basically we um, hand make sensory play kits that we deliver to your door. We have a subscription service and um, we also just sell products on our website. Awesome. So how did you get into that? So long story short, about hmm, four years ago, my daughter was diagnosed with several speech disorders and some sensory issues as well as pretty severe anxiety. And so a um, doctor who had come into our house and done like a long evaluation on her, we were trying to kind of figure out what was going on, recommended that I incorporate sensory play into her day-to-day routine. So I wasn't really sure what that meant. (laughs) So I started reading everything that I could find about sensory play and the benefits of it for young children. And um, I was pretty blown away with what I had learned about it and um, why and how it's so beneficial for kids. And um, so I kind of just started creating sensory play activities for Evie every day, whether it was like a big tub of water with ice cubes and scoops and bowls or rice and scoops. And, you know, we just did different things every day. And um, I started making homemade sensory dough for her in my kitchen. And I would scent it with different oils. And I kind of came up with a recipe that I really liked. And I started making the dough for her and she she liked it, but she wasn't that interested in it. So one day I put it all together in a box and I did strawberry and chocolate and cinnamon Play-Doh. And then I put like cupcake liners and candles and cookie cutters and a rolling pin. And I was like, let's have a birthday party. We can make cakes and whatever. And she went to town on it. I mean, she played with it for hours and she was calm and just using her limited vocabulary at the time, trying to sing happy birthday. And I was just kind of like, wow, cool. She really likes this and shared about it on Instagram. And it just kind of took off. People just started asking to buy the kits that I was making for Evie. And I kind of was like, oh, I guess I could make you one. Like, cool. That'd be fine. And uh, (laughs) here we are. And we're like selling thousands and thousands of them every month. And we have a warehouse and 35 women that work in it. And it's pretty wild. I love that. So how old is your daughter now? Is she your oldest? She's eight. Yeah, she's my oldest. Okay. And how how, have you... So after you started doing that, so I love number one, I love um, obviously... Your whole business is amazing. I love the kits. I've seen them everywhere. We don't personally have one yet, but we're super into Play-Doh and just sensory stuff in general because I know how good that is for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so you see like 
a difference in her right away in terms of her speech and her anxiety and all of those things. Can you tell me just like a little bit about that? Like, what did you notice as a parent when you start implementing, implementing more sensory play? Yeah, I noticed she's always had a lot of anxiety and it's really stressful to live in a world when you can't communicate and no one can really understand you. So she honestly didn't talk to where people could understand her until she was almost six years old. And so because of that mixed with the anxiety and the sensory play, like it did, it would immediately kind of like calm her down and ground her. And that's like a scientific fact is that sensory play like eases anxious children. It just kind of melts away their anxiety. It gives them something to do. It's also, I mean, it's great for adults too. If you've ever been at like therapy, you see those little Zen gardens and that's exactly why they have that there. And so I definitely noticed that it would kind of just like bring her down calm her and just like get her to a state of like where she was comfortable and relaxed. And that's why a lot of kids, like they have like a fidget spinner at school because they are able to concentrate and hear the teacher better when they're doing something and manipulating something with their hands. And it's proven to help kids, you know, learn better and retain more information and remember it better if they're learning while with their hands and doing something that engages multiple senses at one time. So yeah, we've definitely seen a huge improvement um, with her anxiety. I mean, we still struggle with it every day, but um, during those times, if I'm able to kind of like give her something to calm her down, whether it's Play-Doh or rice or, you know, who knows what it it definitely does. Yeah, no, I've, I mean, so I have, my oldest is six and he definitely has some sensory stuff going on. I mean, I feel like a lot of kids have touches of that, you know, even just from just kind of being a kid, right? Like they don't, like to certain kids like don't like to get wet or don't like to touch like my daughter doesn't like to touch like messy food and things like that. So I feel like that's just something that I've experienced too with my oldest. And yeah, we got him like TheraPutty and like um you know, so it's like a little bit more he also had like a hand strength thing going on. So he loves Play-Doh, but the TheraPutty oh, wow. was also like really good for him to squeeze because it was a little bit harder. So tell me a little bit more about the business. So how do people like, so you create a kit that what, what does it have in it? What are some of the things like that you would get in a kit? So you would get the Play-Doh itself and then. Yeah, totally. Well, we make all the Play-Doh in house and we have humongous mixers that we use to make all the dough. It's all homemade and it's made to order. So it's all fresh. Um, And we have just, we have a ton of themes on our site. So we have construction kits and they come with little dump trucks and logs and rocks and wooden cubes and a little construction man. And and then we've got like rainbow unicorn kits and they have like rainbow Play-Doh and rainbows and a unicorn cookie cutter and all sorts of sparkly, girly unicorn things. (laughs) So we have, we have a ton of different kits. They all come with um, different things just depending on theme we just had we released a circus kit last month and it's really cute it's got little wooden circus figurines and then it's got like miniature hot dogs and snow cones and circus tickets and you know just all the cute little things that you find at a circus I love that because I feel like sometimes especially for kids who aren't necessarily used to playing by themselves or like having like maybe they struggle with that imagination aspect like it's nice that there's instead of just giving them just the dough, which is great too, 
because that's kind of forcing them to think of stuff. But if they're struggling with coming up with something, or like you said, like sometimes it's like, oh, they play with it for a few minutes and then they're kind of over it. But by giving them Mm -hmm. all those little things, it's like triggering for them different ways to play. And I love that because it's, that's just such a nice way to like kind of invite them into the experience instead of just like plopping just the dough in front of them. That's so cool. So I feel like these would make like amazing gifts. And you said you have a subscription service. So you can just like subscribe to get a delivered every week or every month or whatever. Yeah. So we have, yeah, we have like a a boy and a girl subscription. So we'll, you know, ship out a more masculine theme to the boys or a real feminine one to the girls. And then some months we do a neutral theme. So like next month we have a, um, pizza kit that everyone will get. So it'll have like oh, oregano, Play-Doh, and um, it'll be really fun. All the stuff you can make pizzas with, have a little pizza shop. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, and have your other kids, do you feel like your other kids are into it like as much as, so how old are your other kids? Um, I'm an eight, six, four, and nine month old. So the older okay. three are, um, they're very into them. They always love you know, when I have a new theme and bring it home for them, I always like product test on them. I can tell, you know, how big of a hit it's going to be based off how my kids, how long they play with it. Yeah, um, right. I know. You're like, okay, this one was only 30 minutes. We need to like up the, up the game. A bit. This isn't going to work. Yeah. <laughs> but how, how long do they usually, like, I would say it'd be great to I feel like especially with parents, like I was just telling you being home and like childcare is like not as um, consistent right now for Mm -hmm. me. And um, so I definitely have been more conscious about trying to find things that are going to really keep the kids like totally captivated for X period of time so that I can like crank on something. Um, How long do you feel like your kids typically play with one of these kits? So like... I don't want to say how long can a parent count on it because obviously kids are all different, but I'm just curious, like in my mind, I know with just regular Play-Doh and we have some cookie cutter things, my kids are pretty good to go for like 30, 45 minutes, but I would love to see, like, maybe I do a little experiment. I'll get a kit and see if they like how long they play with the kit versus how long they play with just Play-Doh. Yeah. Well, it kind of just depends. My, my boys tend, Evie has like a shorter attention span, um, just with all of her whatever, you know, we, we struggle with staying interested in things for a long period of time, but she'll probably go at it for, you know, 45 minutes. Whereas the boys, if I give them a space kit, I mean, they will play together at the table for like an hour and a half making scenes and laughing and coming up with all sorts of things. And I get like, I mean, I always get reviews. I feel like people are always posting on Instagram, like, Oh my gosh, my daughter sat here for two hours at the kitchen counter. She's never done anything for two hours. And we get lots of reviews from parents saying that they can't believe how long they play with it and how often they want to play with it. She wakes up every morning at six 30 and instead of asking for cocoa melon, now she's asking for her unicorn kit. I'm like, yeah, no, that's so awesome. I love that. I'm seriously thinking, I was just thinking like, maybe I should do, I should, I'll do, I'll order like a kit and then I'll do a little like, um, a little, yeah, like a little experiment and I'll set them up like one morning with just Play-Doh first because I don't want them to, like, I feel like if I gave them the kit first, then they'd be like the next day, like, what is, what is this crap? Like, this is, you know, this is, this is boring. And I'll, and I'll set them up and I'll, I can even set up my camera and do like a time-lapse. I, I'm totally going to do that. 
that's so fun because so, and, and one Do of the what? things I love how you said in the morning, like they ask, you know, people are saying that, um, their kids are asking for that. And I feel, I feel like for me and I'm sure for other parents, so if it's right, if it's true for you, it's probably true for like a lot of other moms. I feel like the mornings and the evenings are the most difficult periods for me. Like just in general, my kids are like wild. Yeah. Like they wake up like raring to go at like five thirty in the morning and I'm not ready to go at all. You know, I feel like so. what we started doing was I started doing like a little yoga with them. So I would put on a YouTube yoga video and like set out their yoga mats and they would do 20, 25 minutes of yoga and they were, they're pretty into it. So it's like a nice calming activity for them to do in the morning where they're not just like, because if I didn't do that, they would just be like sprinting around the house, like screaming and singing. And I'm like, how do you have this much energy at 530 in the morning? I don't understand. So it's like, I wish I had like a tiny little bit of that because I would be like, I would be like taking over the world. Right. But yeah, yeah, it's like crazy. And so what I'm trying to do, and especially now that we're home for the summer, because I feel like obviously there's like less of a routine for them. So what I'm trying to do is come up with like a really not strict, but like a rhythm, you know, so like they wake up, they have breakfast, they do their yoga. And then it's like, okay, then they do, you know, then we read books, or then we do like Play-Doh or something where it's a little bit quieter, Mm -hmm. just because I feel like especially for me, that's the morning time is when I can really get a few more important tasks done for myself. And like, it's so hard when they are just like ready to go and they have so much energy and like if you can't get them out of the house right away or whatever. So I I feel like that's a really good activity to integrate into like your morning routine because it is time for you. You know, it's like you can actually drink your coffee or make breakfast or get like do your routine for the morning or whatever it is. And then same thing in the evening. I feel like my kids are just wild. I don't know what it is. It's like they take a bath and then, I mean, you know what? I was speaking with somebody and they were telling me that it's like, that's like biologically normal, I guess, for them to like be crazy in the evenings. Like they're getting their last bits of energy out. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay, that kind of makes sense. They're like swinging from the, you know, we have like canopy beds for the girls and they're like swinging like monkeys from the canopy beds. I'm like, can we? Could we, could we not be doing that right now? Like this is supposed to be quiet time, but it's, it's funny because she's like, lean into that. Let them like go crazy. And I'm like, which is fine. And I'm totally about that. We have like a cool climbing gym and I can stick them in the playroom or whatever. But then some nights it's like, I can't, like I'm on sensory overload. I'm like, I just need it to not, right. Like not be crazy. (laughs) I know. I'm like, Oh God, like. Everyone's just this morning. I was like, why is everyone yelling my name? Like, it's like, mom, mommy, mom. And I'm like, what? I, what do you need? Yeah. Right. It's just like constant. So I feel like having something that you can kind of count on for quiet time is important, especially like if you your kids aren't napping anymore. I know. I'm like, can you just keep napping? And my six year old is like, I'm too old to nap. And I'm like, if I could nap, I would nap every day. Right? Like, and I'm older than you. So don't tell me that you're too old to nap. Yeah, exactly. If I could nap every day, I totally would. But I love that idea for using something like this for specifically for that, like that quiet time, whether it's the morning or you need quiet time during nap, or like if you are working from home and you have a big meeting or something like that, where you can kind of 
count on more of a quiet activity, um, but that it's also such a great activity for kids and their development because like what you were saying about sensory experiences and all of that being Mm -hmm. so good for kids. No, I was just saying, yeah, I agree. It's like a great, it is a, it's a great activity just to like give your kids whether it's 30 minutes or an hour of like sitting, doing something inside, even like if it's a rainy day when they can't go outside or if you just need, you know, you're you're like, okay, well from eight to eight 30, I need to respond to emails. So that's my kids are going to do this. I'm going to do this and we can all sit at the table together and it's not going to be a big deal. It's a, totally a great little routine filler. And it's also great for travel. I mean, like it's easy to, you know, your kids in the car forever. You can put one of those little lap trays or on the airplane. My kids played with it a lot. We just went to Hawaii and they loved our sensory bins on the way to Hawaii. They had the kinetic sand and they were doing it all. And it was a great little stay in your seat. Be relatively quiet and do something that you're not driving everyone else in the plane crazy with. Let's get off the plane. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, no, I love that. That's such a good point. And I feel like a lot of people resort to giving kids like an iPad in the car or on the plane or just in general. Like, I need you to be quiet for 30 minutes. Like, mm-hmm. go play a game on the iPad. And this is obviously, you know, that's an acceptable solution. If it's really necessary, we try to personally stay away from, you know, doing too much screen time. And so I love this also as like, um, an alternative for people who are like, but I just need to be able to like pull something out and give it to them. So like you have these on hand, maybe you have a few of them stashed away, like that your kids haven't seen before. And you get to that point where you just really need a break and you're, you know, and so instead of pulling out the screens, you pull out the Play-Doh, which is obviously a much better activity for them just in terms of development, because they're going to be engaged in that versus just like zombieing out on the screen, which don't get me wrong. Sometimes I I'm like, okay, we're going to watch a movie. And then I'm like, oh my God, just please sit here and watch this movie for an hour and a half. But you know, I'm like frozen. But yeah, but you know, I try again, like no one's perfect. We watch, you know, my kids watch TV, like my son does Osmo sometimes, but you know, we do try to kind of stay away from that just because I feel like it makes my kids crazy. I don't know about you, but it's like the more that they do TV and stuff, it's like the more they want it. And then they're crazy and they're like, can I watch a show? Can I watch a show? And I'm like, okay, the fact that you're like constantly asking yeah. me is telling me that like it's been, it's, it's too much. You know what I mean? I don't know. Is that, like, is that just me? I don't know. Maybe not. No, that is so true. I did like that experiment okay. one time where I, my kids, my son's behavior had just gotten so bad last summer. And I was like, what is wrong with you? You are usually so good, you're so easy. And he was like throwing these huge meltdowns over everything. And I was like, what? And my husband's like, I think they're watching too much TV. And I was like, oh my God, you're probably right. Cause it was summer, they were home. I didn't know what to do with them all day. I was working. And so I um, told him for a week, I wasn't going to let him watch any TV. I mean, I took the remote away. And we didn't turn the TV on for a week. And like, he was so annoying the first three days. He like <laughs> cried about it, wanting to watch a show, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, obviously you can't handle this. And by the end of the week, like his behavior had like flipped back. It was super weird. And my husband and I were both like, oh my gosh. And so like, we have to be really careful about, it's mainly just him. He's like only one that it really like 
it didn't really affect my daughter that much because she doesn't really have any interest in TV or shows or screens. And when she wants to watch something, it's like she wants to watch like a kid play float or sink, you know, like a YouTube that's like not a show. Either way. So it was really interesting to see his behavior like completely transform. That I mean, if you read all of those studies about what happens to their little brains when they're like numbed out in front of the TV, it's, it's terrible for them for a long period of time. And I definitely agree. Like we do TV and we do, you know, well, we don't, they don't have iPads, but like we do screens when we need them. And I think that's definitely necessary. We're not the family that like, you know, you go to dinner and you see like, the family and the has like all the kids have their iPods and they're just like, Oh well, yeah, no, we're not those that's people. like, yeah, that's <laughs> um, not us at all. Like, car- like those people. I get it. Like no. I totally get it. But we're like, I pack a mini Play-Doh kit in my purse. I'm like, yeah. that's what my kids do. Well, I, I think that's kind of the thing is like, people don't necessarily have knowledge of the impact of screens but also what are the other options like Mm -hmm. well like you know it's like well okay I if I know that I'm going to be somewhere where I need my kids to be quiet I can count on the iPad to keep them you know silent which is should be kind of telling you something like you know that that's it's if they're that like obsessed like what you're saying the same thing happens with my son my daughter it's funny my daughter is not so much impacted like she'll ask but then it's like she kind of gets over it and she'll just go do her own thing my son just like harps on it he's can we watch a show can we watch a show can we watch a show and my thing is is i'm like Mm -hmm. so once they start acting like that i'm like nope now we're done with tv until you stop asking and then once you stop asking like after a while usually after a few days they stop asking and then i'll just kind of let it ride for as long as possible sometimes it's a week sometimes it's more and then they won't talk about tv or anything like that and they'll they're play will be so much better. Like they'll just be playing with each other. They'll make up these little games. They'll like play picnic or whatever. And I'm like, see, this is, I'm like, I know better. This is exactly why they shouldn't be watching TV so much. Um, and they don't even watch a lot, but I'm like, okay, until you stop asking. And then they'll, once they stop, then like after a couple of weeks, they're like, can we watch a show? And then I'm like, okay, sure. Now you can. And then we kind of like start that process all over again. But yeah, I feel like it's, it's hard. Because sure, watch a show. And then it's like, you know, I mean, because again, it's, you know, everyone's just doing the best that they can. And especially now people need downtime. And I told like you, it's like, it's not a judgmental thing. It's like, I totally get it. At the same time, we do know that it's not so great for kids. So it's like, okay, well, what else can they do? And so I think having this kind of a kit and businesses like yours is so crucial because it's giving parents another option, you know? So maybe they're like, okay, well, I've always relied on the iPad. Like that's, you know, raise your hand if that's you. Okay. You know, maybe that's you. And then, well, instead of maybe you try this, okay, maybe it doesn't work. Who knows? Maybe you still have to resort to the iPad, right? But at least you're given an option. That's something that's better for their you know, their development and everything and is not going to be as addicting as screens and all of that stuff and is going to, you know, encourage imagination and all, and all that fun. And I feel like also, I don't know, I mean, I'm sure you know this, but I don't know if everybody else who's listening knows this, but playing with Play-Doh is such, so not only is it like an amazing sensory experience for kids, especially if there's sense, like what you said there, sometimes you have, right. You said you have them scented. 
with different essential oils and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all they're getting like the the you know the smell and the feel and the whatever. But it's also so good for their fine motor, like their their muscle development in their hands. So it's like precursor to writing. So a lot of people think like, oh, in order to, you know, have a strong writer, like physically be able to write, I have to like have my kids yeah. practice writing. And it's like, no, that's not what you need to do. You, like they should be playing with Play-Doh. They should be, you know, playing with kinetic sands. They should be doing the monkey bars. They should be handling fine small little items that are using tweezers or things like that. That's like really putting pressure on their hands or, or letting them kind of like pick up like little tiny, like you said, you have like little pieces that go in and they're like having to pick that up. And all of those things are really what helps strengthen your hands for eventually for writing. So I think that's also something that's a great thing for people to know. Cause again, I think a lot of times people don't like you said, you didn't know really about the benefits of sensory play before before the doctor was like, hey, you need to do this. And you're like, what are you talking about? That's a great point. Yes, fine and gross better skulls. It's just so good for their little hands. Like you said, like kneading the dough, it helps grow those muscles and strengthen those muscles to that they need to hold the pencil in. So uh, it's a much more fun way to get your kid's hands ready for writing than forcing a pencil in their hand when they're only three years old. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's awesome. So we're going to wrap up, but I wanted to give you a chance to let everybody know where they can find you. So your website, your social media handles and all of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, you can shop our kits. It's youngwildandfreedman.com. Friedman is spelled F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N. And then our Instagram is just at youngwildandfreedman.com. And uh, we share lots of sensory play ideas and how to use our kits. And we're always releasing new kits and new themes, new products. And so you can follow along there for a more visual representation of that. And it's also kind of turned into a bit of a lifestyle page too. I share all things about my family and what we're doing as well. Awesome. All right, great. Well, we'll link to all of that in the show notes, guys. So you can find all that information and click to shop when you look at the show notes and thank you so much for coming. It was so great to talk to you. Yeah. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. You don't want to miss out, right? Hey friend. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the play, learn, thrive show. I'm happy you stopped by for another week of learning with me. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. I so appreciate your feedback. I'd also love for you to join our community of over 20,000 parents on Instagram. You can find us at Play Learn Thrive Kids. 